So good morning. Thank you all for coming to today's class in the beautiful Bhagavatam. First canto, fourth chapter, uh, 25th verse, right? Sudra Sudra Vijabandhuna Vijabandhuna Twai Trai Na Na Shruti Shruti Gochara Gochara Karma Karma Shreyasi Shreyasi Budhanam Budhanam Shreya Evam Bhaved Iha Iti Bharatam Akhyanam Vipaya Munina Kritam Sri Sutra Dvijabandhuna Kaina Sruti Gochara Parmasreyasi mudhanam Shreya evam bhaved iha Itibharatam akyanam Kripaya munina kritam Sri Sudra Dvijabandhuna Vaina Sruti Sruti Gochara Karma Sreyasi Mudhana Sreya Evam Bhavediha Iti Bharatam Akhyanam Kripaya Munina Kritam Sri Sudra Dvijabandhuna Vaina Sruti Gochara Karma Shreyasi Mudhana Shreya Evam Bhavetiha Iti Bharatham Akhyanam Kripaya Munina Kritam Vijabandhuna of the friends of the twice born. Of the friends of the twice born. Trai three. Three. Na. Not. 
Shruti Gochara. For understanding. For understanding. Karma. Inactivities. Shreyasi. In welfare. Mudhanam. Of the fools. Shreya. Supreme benefit. Evam. Thus. Bhavit. Achieved, Achieved. Iha. Iha. by this, by this. Iti. Iti, thus thinking, thus thinking. Bharatam. Bharatam, the great Mahabharat, Akyanam, historical facts, historical facts. Kripaya. Kripaya. out of great mercy, Munina, by the Muni. Kritam is completed. Translation: Out of out of compassion, the great sage thought it wise that this would be that this would enable men to achieve the ultimate goal of life. Thus, he compiled the great historical narration called the Mahabharata for women, laborers, and friends of the twice born. And keep in mind, the previous verse was talking about. How the great sage Srila uh, Vyasadeva, who was very kind to the ignorant masses, edited the Vedas, the Vedas, so they might be assimilated by less intellectual men. So, in order to make it easier, he's editing the Vedas. So, today's verse, out of compassion. Again, there's that compassion word. He did it out of compassion. See. The great sage thought it wise that we were able that this would enable men to achieve the ultimate goal of life. Thus he compiled the great historical narration called the Mahabharata for women, laborers, and friends of the twice born. Purport by His Divine Grace, Srila Esi Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. <clears throat> the friends of the twice born families are those who are born in the families of Brahmanas, Chatriyas, and Vaishyas, or the spiritually cultured families but who themselves are not equal to their forefathers. Such descendants are not recognized as such for want of purificatory achievements. The purificatory activities begin even before the birth of the child, and the seed-giving reformatory process is called Garma Dhan Samskara. One who has not undergone the Garbhadana Samskara or spiritual family planning is not accepted as a being of an actual twice, excuse me, is not accepted as being of an actual twice-born family. The Garbhadana Samskara is followed by other purificatory processes out of which the sacred thread ceremony is one. This is formed at the time of spiritual initiation. After this particular samskara, one is rightly called twice born. One birth is calculated during the seed giving samskara, and the second birth is calculated at the time of spiritual initiation. One who has been able to undergo such important samskaras can be called a bona fide twice born. If the father and mother do not undertake the process of, spirit, of spiritual family planning and simply beget children out of passion only, their children are called Dvijabandhus, 
These Dwijabandus are certainly not as intelligent as the children of the regular twice-born families. The Dwijabandus are classified with the Sudras and women and the women class, who are by nature less intelligent. Did I hear any hisses back there? <laughs> the sutras and women class do not have to undergo any samskara, save and except for the ceremony of marriage. The less intelligent class of men, namely women, <laughs> sutras and unqualified sons of the higher castes are devoid of necessary qualifications to understand the purpose of transcendental Vedas. For them, the Mahabharat was prepared. The purpose of the Mahabharat was to administer the purpose of the Vedas, and therefore within this Mahabharat, the summary Veda of Bhagavad Gita is placed. The less intelligent are more interested in stories than philosophy, and therefore the philosophy of the Vedas in the form of Bhagavad Gita is spoken by the Lord Sri Krishna. The Asadev and Lord Krishna are both on the transcendental plane, and therefore they collaborated in doing good to the fallen souls of this age. Bhagavad Gita is the essence of all Vedic knowledge. It is the first book of spiritual values, as do Upanishads, as the Upanishads are. The Vedanta philosophy is the subject matter for, for study of the spiritual graduates. Only the postgraduate spiritual student can enter into the spiritual or devotional service of the Lord. It's very important, we'll talk about that later. It is a great science, and the great professor is the Lord himself in the form of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and persons who are empowered by him can initiate others in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. Om Agyanti Marindasya Gananjanan Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Jena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stakitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupakanamaya Nadanti Swapadantikam Bancha Kalpaturubhyas Chakripasinabhid Chapatitanam Pavanibhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha All right, I'll read the verse again. Out of compassion, the great sage thought it, was, thought it wise that this would enable men to achieve the ultimate goal of life. Thus he compiled the great historical narration called the Mahabharata for women, laborers, and friends of the twice-born. All right, so should we get into the woman thing? I got hisses back there. <laughs> I just love those looks. Yeah. It's interesting how... in this age we're all beneath sutra yeah you know we're <clears throat> it's uh, uh, the humanoid that inhabits the planet earth today is especially the western world is just a, a heartbeat or two away from being an animal you see people chase each other 
for sex life uh, will eat anything anything I mean uh, one thing about being old is you, you see a lot of history you see history change and it's, isn't it you can see the change I'm not saying you're old but you're, you're older <laughs> But we can see how things change, you know. It's like when I was a young man, in my 20s, and somebody told me, someday people are going to be eating raw fish in America. I would have thought, hey, you're an idiot. Come on. Americans are never going to eat raw fish. Yes, they're going to eat raw fish, and they're going to think it's cool. And sure enough, you know, people are, sushi is it's considered very, uh, it's in, it's hip to eat to go eat sushi. Although many people get sick from eating raw fish, there's always these these things you hear about people are eating this stuff, you know. So people will eat anything. It's considered really cool. It's really hip. I remember going to sales conventions like uh, in, in sometimes exotic places of the world and they would have, for those who dare, you could eat various kind of crazy things, you know local dishes that were just horrible, you know. Like calamari, which is just like squid, and uh, all kinds of fish eggs. You know, expensive caviar, which is just fish eggs, you know. So in this day, you know, some people think, well, no, we're very uh, sophisticated. You know, we're, we're not a step above an animal. No, we are in this age. Prabhupada uh, said when he toured America, I think it was in 1975, and just before he was going to get on the plane to leave, some reporter caught him just right, right as he was going to walk on the plane and said, Swamiji, what did you think of, of America? And Prabhupada looked right into the camera, spoke into the microphone, he said, you have a nation of cats and dogs. <laughs> You have a nation of cats and, cats and dogs. He's just, yeah, chasing each other for sex life and, you know, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. You see. So, uh, I, I say that to establish that we're all worse than Dwijubandas in this age. We're, this age, this age of Kali, does not bear many good men, you see. However, you can become a good man. It doesn't bear, when I say it doesn't bear any good men, it doesn't bear any good women either, you see. What has happened in this age is that the men have stopped protecting the women. In the olden ages, the men protected the women. You know, it's just like some people say to me, well, I hear in India the women walk behind the men. That's just terrible. I say, no, that comes from a time when it was very dangerous. You know, if you're walking, uh, if you're walking out of the jungle, out of the forest, or through the farmlands, to go to the to, to the town, you know, you're not going to put the woman out front where the tiger would jump her first, or the thief, or some rogue, or something. The man goes first because he has a weapon. You see, and the women and children follow the man. You have the man, the oldest son, the next oldest son, whatever, and then the women are in back because there may be animals or something to defend, you know. It's still like that. If you go walking through uh, rural India, you don't know what you'll run across, you know, but it was much worse back then. 
course, the Bengal tiger is almost extinct now, but at one time they were they were plentiful. So uh, the, this this uh, came from the uh, protection women were to be protected. Shiva Prabhupada says women are be, are to be considered like uh, precious jewelry. They must be protected. Gold and precious jewelry, you know, they must be taken care of. But in this age, that's broken down. You see, it's broken down. The men are trying to get the women to be more and more independent. Well, why is that? Why, why is it that the, uh, and, and what is the force that's brought us to this? Why is there, has there been such a move for the last, let me see, maybe 60 years, 50 to 60 years, to, to get the woman to be more independent? Exactly. If she's protected by a man, I can't exploit her. But if she's independent, then I can exploit her. And I'm going to tell her, look, you don't need, you know, you don't, I, I don't need to, uh, we don't need to make any commitments because, hey, if you get pregnant, you can have a, an abortion. They even have a pill now. They have this, this pill that yeah. you can take. It's like an abortion pill. So in other words, I'm telling you that you should be independent. You shouldn't, you don't need to be protected. You can stand up for yourself. I'm going to make you go out and work. And I'm going to tell you I'm giving you freedom. I'm going to convince you that I'm giving you freedom. It's just like uh, one time shortly after the uh, women's liberation movement started, I, I was caught in traffic. I think it was in New York. But anyway, I'm caught, I'm caught in traffic. And uh, I see the policeman out there in the rain. It's pouring down rain, and it's cold. It's so cold, I'm thinking this rain is going to start to freeze. And there's a policeman out there directing traffic. And as the policeman turned around, I could see it's a young woman. And she had a look on her face like, I would rather be anywhere than here doing what I'm doing. And I'm thinking, you poor lady, you know. We have convinced, now we've got you out in the rain. There was a time when a lady would never be out in the rain. Like a man would never send his wife. You know, go out in the rain and do like that. The man would protect the woman. If they went for a walk in the rain, the man would hold a, an umbrella over his lady. You see? Yeah. You know, chivalry is, is dead. Who, who is that? Uh, who was that that took his coat and put? No. He's the guy who played that guy. Oh, I can't remember. But there was a, this gentleman that. Uh, he was walking with his lady, and they came to a, uh, a mud puddle, and he took his jacket off and laid it down so that she didn't have to walk through the mud, you see. So, uh, anyway, out of lust, in this age, the men have uh, become expert at exploiting women. It's been a desire for men for a long time, you see. So women have actually become enslaved. Now, the, now we've got the women out. Uh, working in the uh, in the factories and the, uh, and everywhere, doing every now they can go into combat. Did you hear that? They can go into combat. Is that new? Yeah, they just they just passed this thing a couple of months ago or a month or so ago, to where the women are expected. See, there's they they say it different. They put a spin on it. 
women are now allowed to go into combat. This is the army. You're expected to go into combat. If your supervisor, if your if your uh, commanding officer tells you to go into combat, and you're a man, you go into combat, or go to jail. So now that applies to to women too. So if your commanding officer tells you this female to go into combat, and you don't, you go to jail. See how they slip that in? It's, now you have the privilege of going to combat. Oh, what's the privilege? You know, it's just like they, they don't say used car anymore. They're pre-owned. They've got all these, they've changed the, the terminations or the, or the terms for uh, certain things and call them something different. And people are so foolish that they think, oh, it's not a used car, it's just pre-owned. Sounds nicer. Sounds nicer, yeah. So, but oftentimes people, the ladies that I speak with, they have many questions about why is Prabhupada picking on women? So, he's not picking on the women. There's a different kind of woman and a different kind of man that are, are above the average, almost animal Kali Yuga human being. And they are attracted to Krishna consciousness. You may be behaving like an animal. You see, we were, uh, you know, the hippie movement, we were, we behaved like animals. You know, to call us animals would have been a compliment. We were just animals. We had no care for anything. So, uh, but when we were attracted to this movement, some of us had a little bit of a, of a thought and some sort of an attraction to spiritual life in, in that we had a, enough going for us that we would accept the causeless mercy of Krishna's pure devotee. You see. That's the only qualification we had. So Prabhupada saw it as, as your extraordinary people. It takes an extraordinary person to come to this movement. You see. In the old days we used to explain to people, look, you're not an ordinary man. You're not an ordinary woman. Don't act ordinary. If you're here, you're not ordinary. There is nothing at all ordinary about you. Prabhupada would say, don't get puffed up though. <laughs> but there's nothing ordinary. So the people who come to Krishna consciousness, we find are extraordinary men and extraordinary women. This doesn't apply, apply. mostly for uh, what we get that come to, to uh, ISKCON. Most of the women are like angels. I mean, look at Mother Sandamani, and I mean, we can name so many that do so much service. Mother Govinda, I mean, you know, on and on and on. I mean, there's so many I can't think of any right now, but done. Malati? Yeah. So much service has been performed, you see. So these are ordinary women, you see. These are women. Women are typically not uh, attracted to scripture. We have women in our movement that are attracted to scripture, you know, you see. They want the stories of the Mahabharata, they want the philosophy too, they want to discuss it. This isn't common amongst ordinary people, but it's not common amongst men either of this age. You know, you get in a, in a, in a, uh, a crowd of people that are talking and you start talking a little bit of spiritual 
Like somebody's going to say, well, it's getting pretty deep here. You know, in other words, you just, you, you've caused my brain to blow fuses. I, I, I can't think that deep. I, I can't even go there. You know, you've, you're over their head. So, and they let you know. And they'll change the subject. They just, they'll, they'll run from it. I don't, I don't want to think about philosophy. You know, philosophy? They don't want to, you know. It's unfortunate to listen to the conversation of the, of the modern day man. You know, they, first of all, they've got their handheld devices, you know, and they're all on the internet. So as they're talking, they'll say something about, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I saw the, I, I caught an old episode of uh, All in the Family last night. Yeah, is that still on? Yeah, that's it. What was the name of the guy that, uh, that produced that? Well, let's see. Da -da 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 -da. Well, it was so-and-so, yeah, yeah. Who was the name of the, oh, that was the actor was such and such, you know. And it, and it started in 1970-something, and it went through some, 1977, and there were actually 39 episodes, and they start coming up with all this crud. You know, this is their philosophy. You know, I, I heard, you know, this one person was, one, was, I heard one guy say to another guy, I like to listen, you know, to my fellow man. Uh, one guy said to another guy, he's talking about uh, Sylvester Stallone. He was a really short guy. The other guy says, no, Sylvester Stallone's not a tall, not a short guy. He's a big guy. So, yeah, one pulls out his handheld device, you know. You know, whatever it is, maybe it's an iPad or a smartphone, and starts punching around, whoa, he was only 5'6". Well, see, this is what they're interested in. Now, if you start talking about the science of God, and God realization, man, their brains fry right away. I mean, it's just like they fizzle. They're not going to go there, but they'll stand there all day and talk baseball trivia, basketball statistics, you know, football, how they know how much every player weighs, how tall they are, how fast they run. You know, they know how many games. There's all these different teams, and they've kept up with how many games and wins and losses. And they can memorize this garbage. But, you know, when it comes to talking philosophy, no way. No, forget it. We're not going to go there, you see. So these are, are, these are ordinary people in the age of Kali. Uh, extraordinary people are attracted to this movement. When they hear the holy name, you're extraordinary in that you, for out of causeless mercy, somehow or other, Lord Chaitanya has sent his representative to offer you his mercy. And you're extraordinary because you have the brains and, and the, the good karma to accept it. You see. You can reject it. You can, how many people reject it? How many people say no to the book? You know, how many people walk right by you as if you, they didn't even hear you speaking? They just ignore you totally. It happens, right? Just walk right by. You see. And I wonder sometimes as people walk by, you've had that ever, you know, I wonder, maybe they, for whatever reason, they weren't even allowed to hear me. Maybe they're not ignoring me. Maybe they just were somehow or other banned from hearing me offered them the book. Maybe it's some heavy karma they've got, you see. So I don't, I don't know, but the extraordinary people uh, in this age, take to Krishna consciousness. 
you see. This includes extraordinary women. So our women, so first of all, we, before we become Krishna conscious, we are less than sutra. I mean like way less. It, as soon as you start to chant uh, Hare Krishna and provo uh, perform devotional service, you are elevated to the stage of above Brahman. You become Vaishnava. The Vaishnava is not a Brahman, although he may be a Brahman. He's not a Chatriya, although he may be a Chatriya, but he does the duties of any. He can do anything. He can sit and give class, then go dig a ditch like a Shruti. Build a temple and do what, whatever, whatever is necessary. Run a printing press for books, sell the books, drive the truck that, that, uh, uh, that carries the books. It's like we were talking about Radha the other night. Radha traveling Sankirtan party was a good example. You know, somebody that would be sitting giving class, might be giving a Bhagavatam class, then right after breakfast, he's up under the bus covered with grease. He's repairing the bus. You know, he didn't say, well, I'm, I'm too good to do, I don't want to get greasy, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Brahmin. We did whatever, you see, whatever was required, you see. So, uh, that's the nature of the Vaishya, so, the, uh, I mean, uh, of the Vaishnava. So, the people that we have in this movement that are engaged in Lord Chaitanya's service, they're of a different class. Not because you're special, but because you have accepted the mercy of Lord Chaitanya. It's causeless mercy. Doesn't mean, well, you know, you're such a great devotee that I'm with Lord Chaitanya decides to give you his mercy. It's not that. I, who knows? We don't know why he, he decided to give us his mercy. We don't know why. Now, we may find out. You know, Lord Chaitanya may tell you when you go back to Godhead that, well, you were very special to me before you left. And, you know, you and I used to you used to play the drum and make me dance, and so I saw you suffering in Kali Yuga, and I just decided to make you an offer you couldn't refuse, you know? Because I want you back here playing your drum. As a matter of fact, we're not going to stay here long. We're going to be leaving to go to another, another planet. We're going to introduce the chanting of Hare Krishna. Are you down? Down. Let's go. Let's go. You know? <laughs> You see, so we've become associates of Lord Chaitanya. And Lord Chaitanya's associates. We are associates of the associates and the associates of Lord Chaitanya. You see. So it's not an ordinary thing. So sometimes I, uh, when we have verses like this, sometimes ladies feel like, oh, that's a that terrible thing to say. But that doesn't apply to these ladies. You see, these are special, extraordinary people. Uh, Prabhupada said, if you can walk through that door, then you're an extraordinary person. What's the population of uh, Tucson? About a million. About a million? So there's 999,999 other people that didn't walk through that door. And, excuse me, and you did. So it's a one in a million. One in a million. So maybe we have uh, a thousand come here. So that's one out of a thousand, isn't it? Is it? Or there may be a, might, might be a thousand people who come here, huh? Yeah. yeah. You know, consider Yeah. Yeah. So a thousand folks, so one out of a thousand people have, have actually been here. 
in Tucson. So extraordinary people. It's not. It's not really. On one hand, it is for everybody. This is causeless mercy, and we've been deputized to distribute Lord Chaitanya's causeless mercy. First, he gave it to you and made you a deputy. And now you can do with it as you like. You can keep it all to yourself, or you can distribute it. He would prefer that you distribute it to everybody. But not everybody is going to have um, uh, the capacity to accept it. You see? So, uh, how do we know? How do we know who has the capacity? We don't know. Let's offer it to everybody. It's like when you're distributing books. I remember uh, early on when I was distributing books, I would find myself, because I was a little shy, I didn't like being told no. My false ego just didn't like being told no, you see. So I would start to choose people as they're coming down the aisle, like in the, in, a, in the parking lot, you know. I'd think, oh, you know, that guy. Or when I was working in the airport, you know. And that guy, nah, he'll never buy them. <laughs> well, the guy with the suitcase looks like he's in a terrible hurry. He'll never buy one. Oh, maybe that guy over there, he might. Hey, hi, hi, you from Dallas? You from out of town, you know? You from Chicago? Hey, you know, wherever I was, you know. And so, uh, then I found out from talking with the other dis book distributors, no, you hit them all. You don't think, oh, this guy will. Because you try sometimes, you think the guy that, w that you thought never would have bought a book, he buys two. You see, he's, who am I to tell? I don't know, I can't tell from looking at these people or the, the example or the, the, uh, the look on their face. You know, I can't tell. So you hit them all up, everybody. You don't worry about the no's. See, the no's, the people who say no, don't count. It's the people who say yes that count. You know? And if you hit up enough people, you'll get enough people to take a book. You see, if you're sincere, Krishna will start to send you the people that he wants to take the books. You see? So, um, we're deputized to represent Lord Chaitanya and we shouldn't pick and choose. We shouldn't say, well, you know, I think that this, this message of Lord Chaitanya's is only for young college kids. Old people will never like this, you see. We shouldn't be like that. This is only for men, this is only for women, this is only for Americans, this is, you know, it's, we distribute it to all, all people. And don't pick and choose, you see. It's not for us to pick and choose. So, uh, yeah, it takes an extraordinary person to be here, to be situated in this Krishna consciousness movement. So we should always remember that, as I said, not that we get puffed out, but remember, you're, 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 you were different to begin with and you've become very much different now. No way you can go back and associate in that world. You can't. It won't work. You know, for 41 years I've seen people try. It doesn't work. You can't do it. So one devotee was leaving in Srila uh, Prabhupada. He was going to move out. He would leave the temple. And he wanted to go and uh, just get a job and just, as he said, I want to clear my head and think. So Prabhupada said, oh, we Please stay. Please stay. 
no, Prabhupada, I, I, want, I want to go. And Prabhupada said, but I am worried, I'm concerned. And this devotee said, about what, Prabhupada? Prabhupada said, what will you do for bliss? <laughs> Every morning you, you taste bliss. The chanting of the holy name, the association with the devotees, taking prasadam, smelling the incense, seeing the deity. Prophets, what will you do for bliss? Oh, intoxication. Sex life. Is that what you want? And the devotee just hung his head. Prophet said, you will not find bliss. You will not find bliss. So, and we see that so many times we see people who go looking for bliss. Uh, away from here, away from the devotees, and they come back. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and, and typically when when that happens, they uh, they're better devotees than when they when they left because uh, they went through the school of hard knocks. You know, they got really beat up out there, and they're coming back. You know, just like uh, you know, like somebody who fell off of. Uh, of an ocean liner and splashed around in the cold water. When you get them back out of the water, they're glad to be back on that ship, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> people are happy when they come back. So, but, you know, terrible way to advance. <laughs> Leave and, and get beat up and come back, so. Uh, I think probably I should uh, pause now and see if there's any questions or comments. No comments. I just want to share a story. Sri Bhuvanathpuru, who was the first Irish devotee that Sri Prabhupada initiated. <coughs> he joined when he was about 18. And uh, so he was sitting in front of Sri Prabhupada and he was looking at Prabhupada and he said, he was noticing Prabhupada looks so grave. He was, there was his initiation ceremony. He said, Prabhupada looks so grave. And so they brought this, the next, this one boy came up to be initiated. So the boy sat down, Prabhupada had the beans and he said, what are the four rules? He had chanted on the So what are the four rules? So the boy says, you know, no meeting, no intoxication, this is sex, no getting. And then Prabhupada said, yes. And he looks at him and he says, and which one did you like the best? <laughs> which one did you like the best? <laughs> I like those ones, you know. Anything else? Any other questions or comments? Come on, I thought I'd get beat up a little bit by the ladies, you know, from the verse like this. I thought you'd be throwing rotten vegetables or something at me. I was just thinking when you mentioned about, that was a really cool analogy about falling off the boat. It's like when I come back and having feedback. Yeah, moment, you know? cold water. You know, come on, grab me, oh, you know, ready to get out of that water, you know. So maybe think of the nectar of instruction in the purport Prabhupada talks about first class, second class, and third class intelligence. Somebody who hears once that stealing is not good and they don't steal. Second one hears, has to do some time, gets out, and like, then they don't steal. But then the third class who just keeps on doing it and doing it. Yeah. So I always think about that. I always think, man, second class, second class intelligence. But then it's interesting you mentioned this about how to create a society 
of first-class intelligent people, you know, starting from before their birth and all the. So whenever I think about any shortcomings I have and stuff like that, I'm looking at my past and thinking, oh, phew, you know, just just lucky to be here. <laughs> yeah, we're just fortunate to be here, and uh, for the Grihastas, you're uh, purifying yourself so that your offspring won't be the Tweetjapandus, you see. You're giving them the opportunity that was never given to you, you see. You were given this causeless mercy. You were pulled out of the water for no reason whatsoever, purified. You were run through the mill, purified, given book distribution, given service, you see. So now here you, are, here you sit, I've been purified. You're all washed and clean. So now you can give birth not you, but you. <laughs> so as soon as I, as soon as I got out of my mouth, I realized that. But the two of you can can bring forth uh, a proper proper child. You see, and these are different. They're different kids, you know, than than normal children. They really, really are. I mean, you can tell. Yeah. You can really tell. And uh, but you know, Prophet said that the demigods are going to want to take birth in this movement because it's. It's exciting to be in ISKCON. So there for a while, through the 70s, a lot of women, and, the, and I think the early 80s, a lot of women thought their children, well, a lot of great hostels thought their children were demigods, you know. And then they, we soon found out, no, they're not. They're, they, they seem like little demons the way they're running around screaming and yelling. Because they didn't chastise the children properly, you know. They didn't discipline the children properly because they thought, hey, this could be Mahavishnu. You know, or some demigod. So, so don't go overboard with it. Uh, but we're seeing that extra extraordinary people are being born into this movement now. There's this uh, this little boy. Did you see the little boy? Is anybody familiar with this little boy in Mayapur? He's about two years old, and. Uh, uh, Every morning beside, well, beside Prabhupada's uh, Vyasasad, he's actually up on Prabhupada's, the raised platform of Prabhupada's Vyasasad. And he's doing Guru Puja to Prabhupada. And then, of course, there's the adult that's doing Guru Puja, but he's got his own little arti set. And he, gives, he does it for the deities as well, for Mongol arti. And he's a pure devotee. You can tell when he looks you in the eye, you feel, uh, you're blessed by his glance. You know, Bhakti Churu Maharaj told that the, the, these uh, these devotees that the, uh, they ask, you know, but he's obviously he's a saint. There's just no doubt. He, he doesn't run around and act silly like a like a kid. He's staunch, and it's Krishna. He talks Krishna kata, no baby kata. You know, he's fixed. And he's got this serious, happy but serious, focused look on his face. You know, he's when he when he's offering the incense to Prabhupada, he turns to offer it to the rest of us. He's not like a kid, like you know. He's like, uh, so you know, Bhakti Trumaras, the, the parents ask him, "What should we do?" And he said, uh, "Give him all facility and stay out of his way." Don't get in his way. You know, in other words, don't say, oh, come on, be a little baby. Let's be silly. 
you know, wouldn't you like to watch some TV and have some toys or some silly things? You know, you don't you don't want the Bhagavad Gita all day now, do you? Wouldn't you like to read some Jack and Jill stories or something like that? You know, don't encourage him, give him all facility, stay out of his way, let him grow. So, uh, and we're seeing, you know. We're seeing pure devotees are taking birth in this movement. We don't know who they are. We could only speculate. But this boy is just one example. I like to read Srila Prabhupada's early childhood pastimes with his father, Gormande. Prabhupada would talk about how his father would, uh, would just, like, he was so nice to him. He never chastised him. He always liked him, you know, because he was a good kid. His mother, Rada, was like more heavy side, chastised him, but he said, yeah. we just go to my dad. <laughs> he would treat him like a little pure devotee. Yeah. Saint. So it's nice. Nice relationship. Yeah, in the Vedic, um, in our philosophy, the, ch the children are not chastised or disciplined very heavily. Until the age? Until they're five. Five. Yeah. Five to thirteen. Yeah, when they turn five, then they should start, they need a little discipline. And at five, they go to school. They five go to, to 16. 16. Five to 16. Yeah. Then after that, five through them, 15. Treat them like an adult, like friend. When your son uh, turns up 15, you should treat him like an equal. Yeah. And I actually did that when my son turned uh, 15. He's 34 now, but when he turned 15, I, I told him, I said, you know, you're a man. You're a man now. And I started to treat him like an equal. And uh, what I got out of that, it took a few years, there was a transition of, because he was still used to being my son. And then he transformed into being my friend. So the relationship changed. He still knew I was his father, but it wasn't on all reverential, it was like we were friends. We were just like best friends. And now that I'm getting old, he's, he's, it's transferred any, any, uh, even further. Now, he's the father. He tells me, you know, when are you going back to India? This was a couple of years ago, because huh? I'd been sick. I said, oh, I'm going I'm to go this, this fall. All right, Dad, look, you're going to be an Indian. Go to Mumbai, okay? Go to the hospital and get checked out. You know, your heart's not working right, and this whole thing, you've got you to do something. I mean, if I have to, I'll pay for you to fly from Delhi to Mumbai. But I want you to go to Mumbai. Will you do that? Yes, I will, I promise. Okay, now, all right, now. <laughs> you know, I come. What do the doctors tell you you have to do? What kind of a diet do we put you on? Make sure you follow the diet, you know. You're traveling around everywhere, you know. Gosh, you're, you're distributing, this was a few years ago, you're distributing books, collecting money. So you don't have any defense whatsoever. I'm getting you a gun. Oh, I don't need a gun. <laughs> you need a gun. I don't need a gun. Look, you need a gun. You're walking around with cash sometimes. You have, you know, you're sleeping in your van. You need a gun. All right, all right, all right. Here, take this pistol. <laughs> so... It changes. So, in the beginning, you're telling your son, do like this, do like that. And then all of a sudden, he gets to be old enough to where you, you, be, you go through the phase where you're equals, you're friends, and then he'll take, someday he'll take over, he'll be telling you what to do. He'll be looking after you. 
So, uh, okay, anything else? Did somebody, did you have a question or a comment? Well, I eat my soaked oats, so I don't eat breakfast in there. So we'll talk later. Yeah. She made oatmeal. Oh, you did? Yeah, oatmeal. Well, I'd have that, except I I started soaking my oats last night, so I've got them sitting over there, and they'll spoil if I don't eat them. So. so. Yes. Can I mention something? Yeah. Wow, the subject of but when you run to a subject, he was writing the verse on the board. You know, some people, a lot of people like to write the verse on the board, and I'm not attached to doing it. But I did it. I'm doing it because he left, and somebody had to do it. So if anybody would like to do it, or if they want to.